We're talking about growth. Uh, just a quick recap of where we've been. We, we started off with the idea of, of knowing your why really helps to connect to growth. Why do you want to grow, first and foremost? It's, it can be a challenging thing to determine motivations, but knowing your why, and knowing your why gives clarity of passion, and that you need passion to be able to have the time and the energy to actually do what, what you would like to do. It also gives clarity of direction to know where, which, which direction should you start going. Last week, we talked about strategy, strategic growth. What does strategic growth look like? And we talked about finding the right tools and, and not even necessarily putting the pressure of, I have to grow by tomorrow, but maybe by tomorrow you can have identified what are some of the tools that will help you to grow. And, just, and not just simply identifying them, but actioning those. What tools do you need? Now go and get those tools and the last point we talked about was, was culture. And, and look at the culture. What, what are you trying to grow? And then looking at the culture that you've created around whatever that thing is. Depends on, we're all maybe trying to grow in different areas. And I loved Anja's encouragement this morning. Thank you, Anja and the team. But it's a great word. Is God challenging you to grow in faith? Well, what kind of culture is going to breed faith to grow, to multiply, to break forth? I think it's important that we don't just have well wishes to grow. We don't just think that that's a great idea, but we put thought and energy and time and passion and strategy behind how do we want to grow? How do we want to see God's kingdom grown and expressed in this city? God works through his people. He doesn't work through the well wishes of his people. Amen? And what we're looking at in this season is just a passion for you to flourish this season and in this season, a, a passion for you to, and there's some wonderful words, the synonyms for growth I just love, to advance, to build, to cultivate, develop, expand, flourish, mature, to multiply, produce, rise, spread, sprout, thrive, extend, stretch, branch out, burst forth, come to be. Why do I keep reading those out each time? We want to paint the picture what is it that you want to come into? What is it that you want to grow into? Identify what it is, and we're hopefully going to give some practical tools of how to step into that. And this morning, what we're looking at is being positioned for growth. But as always, I like to start hopefully with an illustration. Has, who, who has who's actually gone surfing before? Who has physically gone surfing and stood up on the board? Corey, you've been there, right? Jen has. Good teacher and Jason. Isaac, he had half a hand. I bet Isaac's doing 360s out there. So if, if you've done surfing or even watched surfing a little bit, one of the prerequisites is what? You want to, swimming, you want to you be able to swim. It, this does happen in the water. You can surf outside of water. Survive, yeah, that's right. So swimming is one of the prerequisites. So you want to be a strong swimmer. But also balance is actually quite, quite significant. So I remember taking a group of my friends out. Um, we, we would usually go to San Diego, and that's now been replaced by, with Lyle Bay for me. Um, Lyle Bay is far less reliable. I'm going to let you know that right now. And so we would go to San Diego, and we would camp on the beach, and we'd go surfing. And I, I remember most of my friends did really, really well the first time surfing. But I had this one friend. I'm sure you guys have that one friend, too. And we gave him, he, he was a sturdy guy, and we gave him a, a larger board so that he, he would be able to float fine. And, um, but there was all this commotion for the entire time while he was out there trying to learn to surf, and the waves were calm. 
But he was just flailing, and, and he would sit on the board too far forward, and the, and the board would sink straight down. He'd sit too far down, and we, we'd literally see the surfboard shooting out high in the sky. He'd, he'd finally actually sit somewhere in the middle, and, and he'd, like, he'd fall over. I think, I literally, I'm kidding, I'm not kidding, I saw his feet up in the air more than I did see him on top of the board. And, and we even did a video of the trip. <laughs> and, and the only clip, and, and my friend who did the videoing, he was really good at making it look good, even when it wasn't that good. He couldn't even help this poor guy. Like, there was, there was no clips of him. There was one of him falling off that he did in slow motion just to make it seem like he was standing up on the board for a little bit longer, you know? And he cut really quickly so you didn't see him fall all the way off. But, but here's, here's the point of where I'm going with this. How you're positioned... How you're, how you're currently positioned right now is going to directly determine where you're able to go next. Your current position directly determines what you're able to do next. You can't learn to surf if your position isn't correct on the surfboard. I was also thinking about this in the context of my boys, my wonderful boys. And, I was, and this, is, this is a really serious note. I was thinking last night, and I was so grateful to God for my two boys. I was so grateful to them. I give them a lot of flack up here, so I just want you to hear my, my heart for them. Is I, was, I was so grateful to them. But now, now I can go back to giving them flack, now that you know I actually love them. They make things so difficult. You tr- have you ever tried to tie a toddler's shoe? They, this should be a very easy thing, and these aren't even shoes without shoelaces. This should not be a hard thing. But the way that they position themselves... I think they make it just as difficult as possible. And I watch Archer trying to address himself, and I'm just like, no, you just need to position yourself just a little bit differently. I can do it myself, Dad. Okay, well, you're going to be there forever, and it's on backwards, you know? The way that your position directly determines what you're able to do next. And this morning, that's what we're looking at, being positioned for growth. And I think of it kind of as levels. The first, the first week, we talked about kind of big motivation, looking at knowing your why passion and clarity of direction. The next week, we got a little bit more specific. How are we going to execute the growth that God has for you? We all agreed that we want to grow. We all agreed we want to burst forth in some area. We all agreed we want to cultivate an atmosphere. We want to do some cool things. To be able to do that, we talked about strategy and building a culture and getting the right tools. This morning, I hope it's an even more practical session on how do we physically position or posture ourselves to be able to receive the growth that God is bringing. There's different levels, the big picture, strategy for the future. But today I want to talk about what is your current position right now, position for growth. The definition of position or posture I specifically looked at is the position in which someone holds their body or a particular approach or attitude. I so believe that the position of our attitude or our approach directly determines what we're able to do next. If you want to grow, I'm suggesting that we look at our position. In the, and so I'm, I'm going to set this one up. So I'm going to use a story, but I'm not going to use the name of, of the book. I'm not going to share the book of the Bible or the character, and I'll, I'll share it really soon. But it starts off like this. In blank chapter 1, verse 1. I promise it's a real book in the Bible. Now the word of the Lord came to. Now the Lord, who, who already knows what book it is? can't be that many books to start with that. Now the word of the Lord came to. And why I didn't want to go to naming who it was because I didn't want us to start thinking about what he did or what he didn't do. But I just wanted to, even if you catch nothing else this morning, I think this will be significant. 
the word of the Lord will come. His heart is to speak to you. His heart is to grow you. His heart is to guide you. His desire is to see you flourish. The word of the Lord came to you. The word of the Lord is going to come to you and will continue to come to you. I think we have to predicate what we're talking about on this really important principle. We all have a passion to grow and to burst forth and to flourish. We have to know that God himself is the champion for our growth. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have this secret where you have to just unlock this super Illuminati code and it's all of a sudden just going to break forth. His heart is for you to grow. His heart is for you to succeed, to flourish. He will lead you. And, and, and the core verse of this morning that I would just love for you to catch in your spirits is Philippians 1 verse 6. And I am sure of this. This is Paul talking to the people of Philippi, and he says, I am sure of this. This is not something that is in doubt. This is not something that is wavering. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. We need to grasp that this morning because I think we can, we can get kind of down and out on ourselves about growth, but this is, this is no condemnation. This is encouragement to pursue that life that Jesus has for you. We just want to do it intentionally, Amen. We're not just wanting to wait for it to hopefully happen someday. We want to intentionally say, no, God, we want to be an agent of growth in your kingdom. I want to see you move and live and move and have your being in me, but I don't want to just keep that to myself. I want to share that with the world around me. And so we're looking at intentionally, how do we release the sense of growth out into the world? How do we, how do we connect to what God is wanting to grow us? Now the word of the Lord came to. The key to this story is the position that this person finds themselves in when the word of the Lord comes. What would you say, Anis? She, who is it? It's Jonah. Anis knows her word. It is Jonah, and we're going to talk about him right now. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah, and we're going to look at the position that he's in to be able to receive the word of the Lord. What will your position be when he does come? Why why I've taken time just to say he's going to see that work to completion because he's moving. He's already moving on your behalf. He's already working in your life. He's already wanting to grow you. He already knows the desires of your heart and where he thinks, where he knows where you think you should grow. But he he is the author of this and, and we have to understand that if he's the author of it, it's coming. It's not that it's not coming. We don't have to worry about the things that we can't control. I think too often we try and control those bits and pieces. But this morning, what we're looking at is what can you control for growth? What we can control is how we are positioned. We can't force growth to happen, right? I just really want this to happen. It's not going to happen. But we can position ourselves properly. The first position that I wanted to encourage, and we're going to read the story of of Jonah. The first position is, and it can seem simple, but the position of readiness. Position of readiness. So I'm going to read the, the first part of Jonah here. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he's paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Is it safe to say that Jonah was not ready to go where God wanted him to go? 
I think it's safe to say that. As I was thinking about this idea of readiness, I, 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 love, I love sports in general, but one of the things I really enjoy is the Olympics and watching uh, specifically the races between individuals. And I think there's a really strong commonality between any athlete that's about to go on a race. Would you agree? They look a certain way. I almost wanted to put up, did you see Michael Phelps, his angry face that he had? There was, there was, a, there was a meme made about, uh, up about him this, this past Olympics. He was going up against this specific race. He was going up against somebody that had given him a, a bit of grief four years earlier. And this guy was kind of dancing and doing silly stuff in front of him. Michael's face, he was mean mugging. He could have joined any haka. He was just like, he was, he was in the zone, right? Michael Phelps, he was in the zone. But I, I would suggest to you that almost any single athlete that's about to embark upon their race, they look a certain way. They're positioned a certain way. And I was thinking about what kinds of things lend to, to getting in that zone or, or being ready, if it were, for that race. I was thinking about the, the fact that the food that they eat, the amount of sleep that they get. Most of these athletes, must, they don't have toddlers, I don't think, you know, like I don't know how they get their sleep. What other things do they get? The music that they listen to. I was looking at every single thing is specific to getting ready for this race. There's a certain amount of focus that they have. And, and it's even in their posture. And I love this in the definition of, of, of readiness. You know, it says, just use this in a sentence. This is the sentence that it used readiness in. Your muscles tense in readiness for action. Readiness actually physically looks like something. There's, there's a physical response of what readiness looks like. Willingness to do something. The quality of being immediate, quick, or prompt. That readiness has, has happened. Not just the day of, but it's been an ongoing process. One of the things that, that they do is they remove every single distraction. They remove all of the excess to be able to grow. To be able to do what they need to do. And one of, my encouragement to you through this is not to be prescriptive in the sense of how an athlete gets ready, but to examine that being readiness is not something that just happens. Being ready is something that there's preparation gone into. And then I'm going to share a word in a second here. But if every single thing that you do can be put through this filter of growth, I think too often our energy and our time and our resources and what we do doesn't lend itself to us being ready. We spend so much time doing other things, and then when it's time for us to do what we think is maybe important, we just don't have the energy or the time to give to it. Removing the excess, removing the distractions helps to being ready. And putting through that filter of growth, I think, is helpful. 2 Timothy 4.2 says this, Be ready in season and out of season. That is such a challenging word to me. I remember the last time I went on vacation to America, I thought that was my off-season. I thought I got an off-off-season. And I was so surprised to find that my family still needed me to be around and that my kids still needed me to be a dad and still needed me to, to be on, in-season and off-season. It's when you're expecting it and when you're not. I think it's so, it's so important. We're talking about growth. But this is one of the things that I really, really want to encourage you. Growth often doesn't happen the way that you think it should. Growth often doesn't look the way that you think it's supposed to look. 
It's so important that we're positioned in readiness so that we can receive whatever growth God is going to bring to us. And oftentimes when we're upset or we're bothered and we're saying it shouldn't be like this, can I give you an indication that maybe God's trying to grow you in an area there? He's trying to stretch your parameters, your boundaries. He's saying, you, you, and we're going to look at the story of Jonah in, in a moment, but I don't want to give it away. But to grow, we have to be ready to grow in season and out of season. When you're expecting it and when you're not. I w- it was such a challenge um, when I, I heard, it's one of the things obviously that I, I enjoy to do is to communicate and to speak. And um, there was, there was a, a, a pastor who was encouraging this idea of, um, he was talking to pe- people that wanted to come into speaking and preaching specifically. And he said, do you have something to say? So let's say you get the opportunity. And, and I, I don't want to limit this to speaking because it's just one very, very small element of being able to share. Do you have something to say? If you could picture what it is that you want to grow in right now, and let's say that opportunity comes along for that to happen expeditiously, are you prepared for it? Are you ready to step in and go there right now? If, if you've been waiting for that appointment for the counselor to come up, are you willing to go and are you willing to actually go and share what's been going on in your life to start getting some of those things resolved? Are you ready? If, if for, my, for my example, do I have something to say? Are you actually prepared to, to speak and to share something that, that has value? Are you ready? I think, I think so often, I, I, I at least can speak for myself, I wanted a lot of different things, but I could honestly tell you that I don't know if I was ready to receive a lot of the things that I said that I wanted. I was in a state of wanting them, but I wasn't in a position of readiness, and as such, I wasn't able to receive the growth because I hadn't positioned myself in this position of readiness. And it was interesting with with that example specifically. It wasn't until I actually took time aside and started getting into the words specifically to say, God, can you show me some things? And, and I started just putting some thoughts on paper. And I, I spent some serious time in prayer just covering some of the, just the words. And God, what are you wanting to speak and share? That that's when opportunities came. I really want to encourage you. If you're wanting to grow, what kind of preparation have you done? Are you ready for the growth that you're looking for? I love... I mean, we need to get Rachel up here and preaching about, you know, some, some of the different things. I love the spirit that she carries. I also love the vision of saying we don't have 100 kids yet. But let's say we do get 100 kids. Are you willing to go and volunteer and sow into them when they come? Because I believe they're coming. We want to encourage and make this a vibrant, life-filled place. Are we ready for the growth that we want to see? Are you prepared if tomorrow we... And, and I, I won't name the church. There's a church that had an entire American football team come to one of their services. It was one of the local university teams, an entire team. And I, would, and I got a chance to pray with about six of them because they flooded the altar at the end of the service. It, it was a powerful time. But can I tell you, they weren't ready to receive that level of increase because there wasn't a single one that stayed on at church for more than a couple of months. Are you ready for the growth are you positioned in readiness to receive the growth that God is bringing your way? Because we have to, we have to settle the matter that he's wanting to bring it. He's wanting to see the good work that he has in you and see it to completion. Jonah has an opportunity for growth. And where does he go? He goes the opposite direction. 
But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. So they picked up Jonah. Oh, yep. So they picked up Jonah, and they hurled him into the sea after he told them, it's my fault. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I just wanted to encourage you. This, I didn't want to go into the, the sad parts of Jonah, but doesn't God have a sense of humor? I think too often we think we can miss our windows of opportunity. And, and I don't want you to hear any condemnation in saying, oh, I wasn't ready for the opportunity. Because the good thing about God is he's just going to continue speaking clearer and clearer and clearer. You know, Jonah, I really need you to grow over here. I'm actually going to have a fish come and swallow you. Do you get the message yet? I think some of us might be in a season where we're in the belly of the whale. And I just want to encourage you that God's got you and he's, he's wanting to um, wrap his arms around you. But he's just trying to communicate to you his heart for growth. He is a clear communicator. But we have to be in a position to be able to receive what he's saying. What can you practically do to assume a posture of readiness for you to grow? One of the things I was just thinking about even with this idea of looking at the athlete, you need to determine a pre-race routine daily. What helps you get into the zone? What helps you put you in a place of readiness each day? And I think where Jonah goes right now is quite helpful. He prays. He says, he cried out to the Lord from the belly of the fish. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. He heard my voice. You brought me up. You brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God, when my life was fainting away. I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you. And we'll listen to this. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. I just think, and I just will take a moment to go here, that the idea of prayer and worship is so significant. It's so significant in this idea of getting ready. I don't know where in possibly Western culture we've just seen that it's, it's a habitual thing that we do to pray, and it's a habitual thing that we do to worship, and we know, do you know, there's a sense of knowing that something's good, and then once you connect to knowing why it's good, you get so much more out of it. Can I encourage you that prayer and worship is not nice? It's fundamental in you getting ready. It's fundamental in connecting to the heart of God for what he's wanting to tell you and do in you and through you. Worship and prayer is probably the number one thing that can put you in a state of readiness. Not token prayer, not God help me because I need your help, but going before his face and listening for a response and seeing where does he guide you and seeing how does he, how, and really the secret to positioning yourself for growth is letting him position you. Amen? That is an active thing that we have to do, and it really lends to my second point of readiness, uh, second position, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But being ready, how do we practically do that? I want to encourage you, have a pre-race routine that you do daily. Get your angry Michael Phelps face on in the beginning of each morning. What does that look like? Get in the zone. For me, putting on worship music changes my state of readiness that's just one tool. I want to encourage you. This, this isn't, I don't listen to worship music because I'm like, yeah, this makes me feel great. No, I listen to worship music so that I can get realigned with who my God is because I know that he's got things for me to do today and I need to be in a position to be able to receive those things that he has for me.
I, um, I, I have an interesting morning routine, and I, I, can, I can have a slow one or I have a fast one, but I think I was late so many times when I was going to university and I was working, I learned that when my alarm went off, I could literally jump out of bed and just like run out the door kind of thing. I, I enjoy my sleep. I just had this picture that we have to be in a, a state where no matter what physical posture we find ourselves in, we have to be able to train ourselves to immediately go to this place of readiness. I think there's been too many circumstances that, that I've found myself in where I just wasn't ready and Angie and I would get into an argument, or who knows what would happen, or I'd be too harsh with the kids, or I'd miss this opportunity with a coworker. Why? Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't in a position of readiness where God is wanting to move and to do, and so I encourage you in that. Jonah reconnected to his why, and he gets in the ready position. Continue on with his story. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. How many are grateful that he continues to speak to us? saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes, and he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned away from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. I'm going to share a story about Angie, and I've gotten permission from her. So it's, I'm moving from my kids to Angie. So she's getting all the stories now. I, just, I love Grant had a, um, had a story one time. He said, Jesse, I, I don't want to talk to you too often because I'm going to find my way into one of, an illustration for your sermon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it'll happen. But so Angie was talking to me, and she's giving me permission to share. But, and I'll start. Who enjoys errands? Does anybody enjoy errands? I just, I really don't enjoy errands. I remember even hating them from when I was a kid, and my mom would, would, she was such a taskmaster, and I'd have to go and do these errands. But Angie and I, we ran into a little bit of visa trouble. Now, me and Bennett are New Zealand citizens, but Angie and Archer are not, so I, there's this clear line in our house. And so, when I say we, I really mean they got into trouble. Me and Bennett really didn't have anything to do with this, right? We're just Kiwis minding our own business. And so, Angie got into a little bit of trouble with, with her visa, and, and, so, and this is a true story. We thought that her work visa was going to expire in March next year, and it's actually expiring March of this year. And why that's a problem is that we have another trip planned back to the States um, so, mid this year. Um, and so we need passports and things to be able to do that. We would, I would love my wife to continue living with me here, so I want her to be able to come back into the, into the country. So there's, there's practical matters. And my boy Archer, I couldn't live without him. And so we, we only found this out um, very recently when we had to submit another paperwork and they let us know, and we, we, we went into uh, focus mode and panic mode. But 
filling out, and she had to fill out two or three different packages of paper, and we had to send off fingerprint clearance to the FBI in the States, expedited, and, and there's just, there was a, a large number of things that we had to do. And it was really, really stressful. And, and Angie was not in a pleasant mood because of it. She was, she was so upset. She was so, it just was something that we were not looking forward to. And so I did the best that I could to take the boys a little bit at work or whatever, whatever we could. But long story short, she goes to get her fingerprint clearance cards. And Upper Hutt says, and you have to do it at the police station. We can't help you out. We don't do it. We can do it by Wednesday. But time is, is of the essence. The only place that's available to do it is the Puerto Rua police station. And she's just like, this is after going around. This was one of our wonderful, wonderful Wellington summer days where it was pouring with rain. And, and it just, it was, <laughs> things were not going well for poor Angie. And she was driving and feeling so sorry for herself. And she, she was just saying, I don't like the car that I'm driving. <laughs> I, it just, you know, everything gets maximized when, when things go, go wrong, right? And she did give me permission, I promise. Well, most, mostly, I think. And so she's driving along, and, and she's trying to get this, and, and she's just angry, and, and her entire demeanor, and she's just, she's just upset. But there, there was a point that came when she just realized, you know what, I, I really need to be, I need to shift my position. I need to shift my, remember we talked about posture is what, approach or attitude. I need, I need to shift this, this place that I'm in, and so she took some time. I don't know if she had a Kit Kat, take a break. I don't know what she did. She did something, and she just, and it was just as she's driving, and she said, no, you listen, I need to shift this. I need to, I've still got two beautiful boys in the back. Archer tells me, don't call me beautiful, Dad. I'm handsome, okay? <laughs> two handsome boys in the back. And she said, I'm so grateful I have a car to drive to Puerto Ruin. Her phone was about to die, and so instead of being upset at her phone, her phone lasted, the GPS lasted until she pulled up to the Puerto Ruin police station. So it lasted just long enough for her. And, and so she just it completely turned around where she was at. And then, and, and I, I, I want to declare this publicly, we've given up McDonald's and all of those, those bottom dweller restaurants because really, I got really sick before Christmas. And so I've given up all of them. I'm blaming them. But Angie did take the boys to McDonald's because they have Transformer toys right now. And so we wanted to get one of those. And that's the thing that's in. But I, what, what, where I'm going with this is when she was in McDonald's, she actually, she, she was already in that space where she was, she was happy and bubbly and she was just the lovely Angie that we all know and love. And, and so she was having a good time and, and she happened to get talking to the person next to her. And she continued to get talking to her. And, and long story short is we've now connected with a really lovely African-American couple that have come to pastor a church in Lower Hutt. And this, this is where I'm going with it, and this is, this is the next position that I want to encourage you, and this is maybe one of the most positions that we could assume, one of the most important things we could do if we want to grow. It's a position of surrender, a position, a posture of surrender. I think if we don't have a posture of surrender, we can often be the ones resisting the growth that God is wanting to do in us. A position of surrender. What does surrender even mean? It, stop resisting an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. That was a challenging definition that I wrote, that when we don't have surrender happening in our lives towards what God is wanting to do with us, we actually become the ones fighting him. He becomes an enemy or opponent that we're resisting. 
Give up. And this is the other definition. I love this. A person. Give up your right. Give up possession of what God is doing in your life. At the very core of our journey with God is the ability to grow. Our very core is the ability, with the ability to grow, is this idea of surrender. And I just, I think, I couldn't communicate this enough, that we may think we know where we need to grow, but we have to be able to go where God leads us because he's the one that ultimately knows what we, what we desperately need to grow. And remember, we talked about this idea that he who began a good work in you will see it to completion. I think too often we're looking at lenses where we haven't seen growth in our life and we begin to become jaded by, I, I, I'm not growing where I'd like to grow. I want to suggest to you, have ears to hear where God might be leading you to grow. You might be really upset in the car and you, you don't like your car and you're just upset in your phone, your stupid phone's about to die, whatever it is. But notice, none of those things changed. But when you assume a position of surrender and, and recognizing, I have to lay down what my will is, she was now in a position to be able to receive a new relationship that was about to come her way. An encouraging relationship. I think it's so important to encourage. We have what? What's the first position I want to encourage you? Readiness. Are you, even, are you prepared? Are you ready to take on that which God would bring your way? The second is you can be ready and not surrendered. Jonah, what did he do? He, was, he took a while to get ready, but he got in the zone. He prayed. He said, all right, Jesus, let's do this. I'm going to do what I told you I was going to do. Let's go. And then what happens? He goes and they see the miraculous happen. They see 120,000 people turn to God. That's a pretty successful missions trip. Has anybody ever took, taken time to think about the fruit that Jonah experienced and he was furious? That was mind-blowing to me as I thought about this passage of Jonah. I think, I, I would imagine that Jonah, just like you and me, who had a heart for God, would want to see God move and do his work. But when it didn't look like what Jonah thought it should look like, he was furious. He finally became ready. He finally assumed a position, a posture of readiness, but he did not have a position of surrender. So he personally could not receive the growth that God was wanting to do in his life. There's this idea of trust that God will see it to completion, but it might not look like we think it's supposed to look. Jonah goes on to say, he says, God, I knew you were going to do this. I knew, I knew you're slow to anger and full of love. And God says to him, do you do well to be angry? We get so much insight into why Jonah fled. You can be ready and not surrendered and miss the growth that God has for you. This is challenging to be able to see because we, and that's one of the reasons why we really encourage relationship. And, you know, this Paul Barnabas, Timothy kind of a thing. We can't always see this for ourselves. We need other people reflecting to us. We need other people encouraging us in these areas. But what I really want to encourage you at, where do you want to grow? Are you positioned? Are you ready? But secondly, are you surrendered? Are you surrendered that he's actually in control? That, that he actually knows what he's doing and that he can take any single situation, no matter how dark or how light, and he's going to bring it to your good. But he's committed to bringing you into a place of bursting forth, of coming to be, of, of multiplying, of, of cultivating all those wonderful words that we looked at. God is committed to that, and we want to be committed to that journey as well. 
But I think we have to assume a position to be able to receive that. I think it's understanding that God is the grower and not us. And allowing him to do the parts that we can't do. I was thinking about some things just in general, and I was starting to get anxious. And God reminded me this morning. He said, Jesse, look at your own sermon. He said, are you ready and are you surrendered? That's all you need to worry about right now. You don't have to worry about this happening or this not going exactly how it's supposed to go. Are you ready? Well, I'm as ready as I can be. Well, good. Are you surrendered? Well, (laughs) let me take a moment. (laughs) Let me get surrendered before you. All right. Stop worrying about the pieces that you can't control because he who began a good work in you, Jesse, is going to see it to completion. Can I encourage you this year as as you take time out, we want to flourish. We want to break forth as Lane Park Church. But let's be ready and surrendered. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your bountiful, bountiful love. We thank you that you do not bring condemnation, but that you build us up. Lord, we bless your mighty name right now, Lord. And when we come in prayer, we don't come to get through uh, an end of prayer service. We, We come to connect with you, to align with you so that we can become ready and that we can become surrendered. Lord, together we say we're surrendering our position to be ready for you to do what you need to do. God, we pray that you would mightily do works in us this week, this season, this year, these next 10 years, Father. Position ourselves for the growth that we need, Lord, and you're the one that positions us. So, Lord, we just, we come before you and say, have your way. But, Lord, not, not in namesake, not that we know it sounds good to say, have your way, Lord, but we, we're, we're posturing ourselves before you so that you can do what only you can do. Lord, let us have an approach, have an attitude that is ready to receive what you have for us. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hope you've been encouraged by the little series on growth. Um, Our heart is for you, and we're praying for you week in and week out. Bless you heaps this week, guys.